We're going to be in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 6. Got three verses for you. And then we're just going to, we're just going to talk. So here it is. Verse 6. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Verse 8, then the man and his wife heard the, sound, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. Final verse, verse 9, but the Lord God called to man and he said, where are you? Where are you? This morning I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, where are you? Where are you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you uh, for what you've already been doing in this place, God. We pray right now that you would just, uh, that you would move, that you would do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we recognize you as our guest of honor this morning. And we, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here different, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. So we love you. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone, say it. Amen. 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 Hey, have you ever realized how horrible little kids are at hiding? You know, like the younger they are, the worse they are. And so uh, if you've ever had a kid, I played hide and seek a few times with my kids and, and it never fails. I'm like, hey, go hide. And they're like, they're excited. And then they go hide around something like this. <laughs> and like as a parent, you're like, yo, I see you. Uh, but, but you just play along, right? So they're hiding and you're counting three, four. And then you finally get to 10. You're like, all right, ready or not, here I come. And you see your kid, like you see them popping out of that little whatever. And you're, you're like, for a second, you're like embarrassed. You're like, man, that's my offspring. You're like, what's... <laughs> but, but you see him, you can't. And, and so you're like, where? And then as a parent, you, you say this, you say this. Where are you? Now listen, they don't know it, but we know where they're at. We see them. We're not foolish. And, uh, and whenever, whenever I was a parent, you're like, where are you? They'll, they'll pop out. They're like, I'm right here. And they think that they got you. And you're like, oh, I had no idea you were there. Like you play along. Now, now, have you ever seen a kid hide when they're not playing hide and seek, but they're actually in trouble? Woo, their hiding skills get way better. Uh, like they're hiding in places. You're like, I didn't even know there was a room there. Like, they're amazing. Everything that you thought of how they weren't able to find a place, like now you're like, oh my gosh, they're amazingly smart. Because when they're in trouble, they hide good. And I've also noticed that when they hide, here's like when, when you're like, hey, Johnny, where are you? Nothing. They're smart. They're not like, here I am. They're like, they're, they're not moving. And, and as a kid, if you remember hiding when you were in trouble, the reason why you're hiding is because you know that as soon as you reveal where you're at, all of a sudden, whatever consequences that you did, uh, all of a sudden the consequences come to pass, right? Like as soon as you reveal yourself where you're at, all of a sudden, you, 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 you're not like wanting to jump out. You're not wanting to reveal yourself because you don't want to get in trouble. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't want to get in trouble. 
But as a kid, what you don't realize is that the longer you hide, the longer you prolong the process of restoration to take place. Think about that. The, the longer that you hide, the, the longer that you are like, I don't want to show, like reveal to my mom or my dad where I'm at, the longer you prolong, the, the more you prolong the process of restoration to take place between mom and child, father and child. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how, how like we have this innate ability to, to hide when we know that we may have done something wrong. Or, and, and it began... I begin to wonder, like, as we conclude our series of daddy issues, like, I begin to wonder if as we've been painting this beautiful picture of God the Father, of how he's so kind, he's loving, he, he's our protector, he's our provider, he, he's, our, he's our corrector, he's like these amazing things, we paint this amazing picture of God the Father. Like, I wonder if, at, the, at some point, we, we look at who God the Father is. We look at how amazing God the Father is. And, and, and there's just a little pushback that we have. Like we, we see God the Father and we see how amazing He is. But, but if we're honest, there's something inside of us that, that, that we just, we kind of sit back and we're like, and, and I was thinking about this and I wonder if the reason we, we do this has less to do with who God the Father is and has more to do with what you and I have done. Like if this ability to, 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 like we're like, God the Father, you look amazing. I love your attributes. I love the roles that you play in my life, but, but, I, but I really know who I am behind closed doors. Like God the Father, you look amazing, but I really understand how deep my addiction runs. God the Father, you look amazing, but, but I really know how dark my thoughts can get sometimes. And, and I wonder if, if at some moments when, when, we, when we look at God the Father, that there's this, we, there's this thing that we do where we just, we kind of push away because, not because of how good God the Father is, but because of how we know who we are and what we've done. Now, if that's you this morning, I have amazing, phenomenal news for you. That is, in fact, what is taking place in the text that we read in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, it's a story of creation. God, he creates a man, he creates woman. And uh, man, like they are, it is like the most pristine scene ever. Adam and Eve, they're just hanging out in the garden. Really, I was thinking like, this is like Californians' delight. No pollution. Vegan. Naked. Come on, yes. <laughs> Only in Sebastopol. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so and so 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 like here here's Adam and Eve. They're hanging out. They're, they got everything that they ever want. They don't have to work. They have all the food they want. They, they can like count animals. They can look at, and like, it's just like the perfect scenario. And then all of a sudden, stage right, the serpent, the crafty serpent, uh, text says, he, he comes along and he's like, hey, Eve, check out this fruit. Take a bite. She's like, oh, 
Oh, that's good. And then scripture says that she goes, she takes the fruit, brings it to Adam, and is like, babe, taste. Oh, that's good. And then what we read is that all of a sudden, the moment that they bit into the fruit, their eyes were open. And they begin to see things like never before. And one thing that they noticed is that they were both butt naked. They bit the fruit. And they're like, Eve was like, whoa! Adam's like, whoa! And they're, they, they're all of a sudden, they see each other in a way that they've never seen each other before. And they're looking at each other, and Scripture says that they begin to become ashamed. And I've been thinking, like, have you, have, you ever, have you ever felt ashamed of something that you've done? And then, in fact, it says that they were so ashamed at what they did, they took fig leaves, and they sewed them together, and they, they put it on to try to cover, to cover the thing that they were ashamed about. Have you ever tried to cover up something that you were ashamed about, like in your own strength? Man, like you, you wish that you didn't do that, so you try to cover it up the best you can. Like how many of you guys have ever came to church on a Sunday morning? you trying to cover it up. It was chaos in the car, but you put your little fig leaves on, and you, oh, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> Bless the Lord, Right? And we get these fig leaves and we put them on and we try to cover things that we're ashamed of. But can I submit to you this morning that it doesn't work as good as you think it does? Can I submit to you that that God knows (laughs) that that's not right? That God knows, hey, I didn't put those fig leaves on him. Like he knows. Can I submit to you that the only person that you're fooling is yourself? And most of the time, we're not even fooling ourselves. And so here, here's Adam and Eve. They've, they've become ashamed of, of, of what they've done, and they try to cover themselves up. And then in verse 8, it says that as, as, they, were, as they were hanging out there, all of a sudden, they begin to hear footsteps. And, uh, and they're like, they realize that it's God. He's like walking. And they're like, Whoa. and so scripture says that they run and they hide in the shrubs. They hide in the trees. And they're back there. And Eve is like, Adam, what, what do we do? Shh, Eve, quiet. He's, he's going to hear us. And they're hiding. And God is walking back and forth. They hear like the branches breaking, the the leaves that he's stepping on. Eve is like, Adam, he's going to find us. Shh. (laughs) He's not. If you shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And then in verse 9, verse 9. Verse 9, like, it says that, that God stopped. And then God says this. He says, Adam, where are you? Oh, my gosh. He knows we're here. <laughs> Eve is like, no, he knows you're here. <laughs> like, 
joke's on you. <laughs> and, and so they're hiding, and, and God is like, where are you? And in this moment, Adam and Eve had a choice to make. In this moment, they had to decide if they were going to stay hidden or if they were going to reveal themselves. Now, can I suggest this morning that God the Father knew where Adam and Eve were? Can I, can I say this morning that I don't think God was really pondering, where are you? He made that shrub. He knows. I don't think God was really questioning Adam and Eve, where are you? But I think rather he wanted to understand the heart of Adam and Eve. See, because how they responded to the question, where are you, would reveal a lot about them. See, because if God would have said, where are you? And they didn't say a word. They stayed hidden. What does that say? God, we, we, we don't need any help. We got this. We'll figure it out. We're staying here. We, we like, just keep walking. <laughs> like, we're, we're fine. We'll make it work. Like, we learned how to, we learned how to sew fig leaves. We'll, we'll figure it out. But if they responded to when God was like, where are you? And they, and they would have responded in the manner of saying, we're right here. What does that show? That they realize, I can't do this by myself. I need help. And so God, verse 9, is like, Adam, where are you? And Adam, he responds, he's like, we're in here. <laughs> And then God says, why are you in the bush? We realize we're naked. How did you know you were naked? The serpent. You got to read the story. It's phenomenal. But it got me thinking. It got me thinking like this progression of us trying to cover up what we're doing because we're ashamed. And then when we cover ourselves up and it still doesn't work. We still feel those things because we just suppressed them. We didn't really allow God to take care of them and to deal with them. Like we end up hiding. And so what, what I want to su su uh, suggest to you this morning is that God, no matter where you are on your journey of your, your walk with, with, with your relationship with Jesus, that, that God is speaking to you this morning and he's saying, where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you? And he's waiting for you to decide how you're going to respond. Am I, am I going to stay hidden? Or am I going to say, here God, here I am. Where are you at? Where are you? And, and so, so God, he, he asked this question, Adam, he responds. And, uh, I think for a lot of us, the reason why we try to, to do things on our own strength or the reasons why we completely remove ourselves from, 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 from God is because for a lot of us, we just don't know how God is going to respond. 
Like for a lot of us, we, God's like, where are you? Do you need my help? Where are you? And we're in the bush. We're hiding. We're like, man, I really just want, I want to stay here. I am, but I, I just, I feel so ashamed. I feel so rotten of what I've done, of, of how of the thoughts that I've had. And like, we want to just stay in the bush. But, but a lot of the times, what, what I think takes place is that we are, we're trying to, 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 to discover like, or to wonder, or we begin to wonder, God, where, where am I at? Or excuse me, God, um, we, we begin to wonder how God's going to respond, excuse me, to what we have done. See, because if you remember in week one, week one, uh, we had said that a lot of the times you will, you will view God the Father the same way that you have viewed your earthly father. And so for a lot of us, we, 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 we think about how, how our earthly father may respond, and we assume that's how God the Father responds. So for some of us, we're like, we're in the bush, we're hiding, we're like, man, I really wish I could just step out, and I really wish I could say, God, here I am, but I'm afraid that as soon as I do, God's going to shame me. He's going to be like, you idiot! Why would you do that? Why would you think that? And we're so unsure of how God the Father is going to respond. Like, we're like, man, I just think it's worth just staying here in the shrub. My fig leaves on. Making it work in my own strength. But this morning, I want to submit to you that God the Father isn't like that. In fact, God the Father, he, he wants you to step out. He, he's wanting you to say, God, I just need your help. My, my whole baggage and everything, I just need your help. Would you help me? And here's what I'm basing this premise on, this, this, this hypothesis on. It, there's a, there's a uh, passage in James chapter 4 and verse 8. And the author says this. He says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. See, somebody needed to hear that this morning. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. See, we're like, man, I'm just going to stay in the bush because God doesn't want anything to do with me. No, no, no. God is waiting for you to draw near to him because he wants to draw near to you. Like he's waiting for you. Do you guys remember week two of our, of our message, the prodigal son? The prodigal son, he drew near to his father. And what did the father do? He didn't wait on the porch and say, hurry up, you're taking long. Come on, come on. It said that he ran to his son. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. God the Father is waiting for you to draw near to him because he's like, I just want to run to you. I want to comfort you. I want to be your support. I want to be your help. I want to be your strength. The question is, am I willing to step out of the shrub? Am I willing to step out and say, God, here, here I am. And so this morning, in the last few moments that we have together, I want to give you three action steps 
Three action steps to draw close to the Father. Three action steps to draw close to the Father. And here's the first action step. Action step number one is to have a post, to posture a heart of repentance. Posture a heart of repentance. Posture a heart of repentance. Now, as a dad, um, what I've realized when it comes to my kids is that uh, if they do something wrong, they do everything that they can to try to avoid me. They're like they they're never like they never do something wrong and they're like and they never seek me out like dad where are you? <laughs> no, they do something wrong with like <laughs> And I begin thinking like what if the same is true when it comes to God the Father? Like we we we're, we're like we're, we do something wrong and and this idea of like me doing something wrong it kind of just pushes me away from God the Father. And so, so if I learn to posture a heart of repentance, all of a sudden I begin to remove those things that, that, that are causing a blockade between God and myself. And, and when I just say, God, I, I just, I'm so sorry for what I've done. I'm so sorry for what I said. I'm so sorry about those things that I thought. God, would you just forgive me that there's something that happens where, where God all of a sudden, man, he just, it's like you drawing near to him. God, I'm so sorry. Draw near to him. God, I just, I know I messed up, but I thank you that you're making me better, that you're, that you're drawing closer to him. Like posturing a heart of repentance, drawing closer to who God is. And so that's number one, three action steps to draw close to the Father. Number one is that we posture a heart of repentance. Number two, uh, action step number two is we set aside quality time. Set aside quality time. Now, um, <clears throat> my favorite as a dad are those moments when my uh, one of my kids—I don't care who it is—like what if they like they don't want anything from me, and they come up, they sit next to me, and they're like. Dad, I love you. What do you want? <laughs> Nothing. I just, I just, so let's say I love you. Or they come up and I'm like, we're not even, I'm in the other room praying, seeking Jesus, fasting, right? I'm like, <laughs> I eat Netflix and, um, and, <laughs> And my kid's in the other room, and he comes to me, and it just gives me a kiss right on my cheek. I melt. I'm like, what do you, what do you want? Nothing. I just, I just love you. It got me thinking, when was the last time that you spent quality time with God? Where you weren't asking him to do something for you, but you literally just sat down, and you just said, God, I don't want anything from you. I just want you to know that I love you. I miss hanging out with you. Quality time. And can I say that when we learn to set quality time 
aside and, and we, we spend this quality time with God that, that it, it draws us closer to God. God, like, I don't want anything else. I know, I know, like, my car, I need help with the car, and I know I need a job, and, and I know my relationship is rough, and, and I know that there's a million things that I can ask you for. But this time right here, no agenda. I just want to say I love you. And we draw close to God. And remember, James says, us, if we draw close to God, he draws close to you. So we're talking about action steps. How do I draw close to God? The first one, first action step is a posture, a heart of repentance, and the band can come up. The second action step is to set aside quality time. And the third action step, to draw close to the Father is to practice gratitude. Practice gratitude. So the other day, I went to go pick up my kids from school. And uh, they were like, Dad, can we get, can you get us an Icy? And um, I was like, of course not. There's full of sugar. We don't eat sugar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said, sure, no problem. <laughs> They're like, can we get granola? Sonoma County. <laughs> you and your granola, Sonoma County. Um, focus. Oh, I, I was so I was taking them out. They were getting, they were getting their, their, uh, their icy, and uh, and so they're, they're they're drinking it, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, my little girl, she's like, "Thank you, Dad." And in that moment, my heart broke. Not because I was sad, but but her just being grateful vocalizing it, saying, thank you, Dad, for the icy. Listen, she had no idea, but in that moment, my heart was so tender, she could ask me for anything. <laughs> and I would have got it. Can I suggest to you this morning that the posture of gratitude unlocks the vaults of heaven? That there's something about when I posture a heart of gratitude, when I say, God, I thank you for what you've given me. God, I thank you and just listen. God, I thank you for my health, even though my health is not the best. God, I thank you I'm breathing. God, I thank you for my family, even though my family's a wreck. God, I thank you. For, God, I thank you for my kids, even though they're a pain in the butt. God, I thank you for my kids. If I can learn to posture Gratitude. If I can practice gratitude, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my job. I thank you and just listen. Can I suggest to you, when you practice gratitude, you begin to unlock things that God has for you that you have not even tapped into yet because you haven't used the key of gratitude. In fact, there's a story. Uh, in, in, in the New Testament, Jesus, he, there's these 10 lepers, okay? They go up to Jesus, and Jesus, he heals them. And they leave. And the text says that only one came back to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, thank you for healing me. And Jesus, what he says next is so profound because it showed, it says a lot about who God is. Jesus said, 
Weren't there 10 of you? What does that show? Well, it shows us that God keeps track of how grateful each person is. He said, weren't there nine people? Or excuse me, 10 people? Why is there only one? And then then it says that Jesus, he he almost, if you will, gave him a double portion because he already healed them. But but then he said, you're healed. Like, there's something about practicing gratitude. Maybe it's not everything. I don't have everything that I've ever wanted. But there is something that you can be grateful for. And can I suppose uh, suggest to you this morning that God the Father is just waiting for his son, his daughter, to say, God, thank you. There's something that he wants to do in your life. And it's your gratitude that unlocks that next thing. James writes, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. And so what we're going to do in the next few moments, we're going we're gonna to actually put this to work. And so we're going to worship. And in this moment, while the band's worshiping, you have an opportunity to practice one of the three or all of the three. And the first one of just uh, just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for last month. Sorry for last night. <laughs> Come on. Or maybe, maybe, maybe for you it's God, I just, I don't, I have a lot of things that I need, but I just, it doesn't even matter. I just want to say I love you. Or, or maybe you haven't told God how grateful you are in a while. And in this moment that we're going to, we're going to set aside is it's just an opportunity for you to just say, God, thank you for what you're doing. But my, my hope is within the next five minutes that we would draw near to God. Because friends, God wants to draw near to you this morning. He doesn't want you to hide anymore. He doesn't want you to cover yourself in fig leaves. He wants you to know that he's here. That he wants to help you. Whatever situation, whatever circumstance you're going through.